0: Amen. All right. Well, let's open up our Bibles to Romans 12 real quick and uh I'll I'm going to give you an abbreviated uh version this morning. Last we this whole year so far actually, we have been talking about uh the supernatural. The Lord gave us a word for 2019 and that it was going to be a supernatural year that the supernatural would become our new natural, just meaning that that we would learn and we would we would start walking in the supernatural just like uh, just like we've been walking in the natural, you know, up until this point, and we've defined the supernatural. Uh, we've really looked at it from a couple different angles, but but pretty much we've defined the supernatural as uh, anything pertaining to the spirit uh, of God, the Holy Spirit being involved in that, being led by the Spirit. Um, you know, depending on Him, anything that we can do in the flesh apart from Him would be natural. But anything that we can, anything that requires uh, requires him, we would consider that supernatural. And the reality is, is you know we we've touched on this in the last few weeks. But last week we started talking about faith. Uh, the week before that, two weeks ago, we looked at wisdom, how that you have a natural wisdom and there's a, then there's a supernatural wisdom. Last week we talked we started looking at faith and how that there's a natural type of faith and there's also faith in the supernatural. And, you know, and so, so we've just started touching on those things. Today we're going to go a little bit deeper in the subject of faith. And man, the Lord's really been showing me some cool things because last week we started touching on some things that, um, you know, if the, the scripture in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we've looked at that talks about that the natural mind has a hard time dealing with the spiritual things because they're spiritually discerned, um, you know, that, is, that scripture is becoming more and more. Alive in me the more I see what's happening on the news the more I see what's happening around the around our country You know you see people doing just just crazy things and you just and you know the lawmakers making these crazy laws and Things that you never thought that we would ever see in our lifetime And you know my thought automatically goes to you know how how in the world can they be making these These decisions and leaving God out of it but the scripture, and actually, just let's turn over there, and and we'll look at that scripture first. First Corinthians, chapter two, and um, this scripture explains it all because because people, you know, people don't understand if people don't if if people are not Christians and they don't have a relationship with God, then then they the things the things of God are foolishness to them. But you know, how many of you know that once you once you get a relationship with God and once you start having uh, communion with God, and you start having that relationship with Him, it opens up things in the Word that you've never that you've never seen before. And things start making sense to you. Like, now I see why God, why that was always on my heart to do that, or why I was always pulled this way, or, you know, why God had spoke those things to me. And, and I may not have understood it back then, but now that I have a relationship with Him, I understand those things. And, you know, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, it says this, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So, so for us to understand God and understand Scripture and to understand the spiritual side of things, it has to be spiritually discerned. And so that means what, what that means is that we have to get out of the natural realm... And start thinking about things and seeing things the way God sees them, and that's through the spirit realm. And last week, as we started talking about faith, we started we started looking at the fact that and see seeing this and, and even and I got quite a bit of feedback last week on some of the things I said, and and some people, you know, quite a few people said, "Now nah, I've never really thought about it like that, or I've never seen it like that, and and I never I've never looked at things like that." But we started talking about how you know when you, when you give the definition of faith Hebrews 11 Hebrews 11 you know the first couple of verses of Hebrews 11 it starts out saying now faith is and we talked about how faith is faith is always going to be in the present faith if if anything if you put anything off to the future it's not faith you know because it says now now faith is is not now faith is going to be or faith will be one day but it says, now faith is. So God is in the now. We talked about, we talked about eternity, how God lives in eternity. Uh, he always has been. He always will be. There was never a time when God wasn't. There will never be a time when God isn't. Amen. Amen. And God is outside of time. There is no time in God. In other words, God is not restrained by the sunlight and the moonlight, or by 24 hours, or by 365 days. And you know, when you start talking about God, God is now. You know, now yes, God yes, he was, you know, yes, he was he was in the past and, and he, you know, there was, you know, back in the in the old days in the you know, as we read the scripture, yes, God was there. As we look forward to revelation and as we as we look forward to, to things that haven't happened yet, yes, God will be there too. But but the key is God is now. If you think about what he told Moses when Moses said, Who will I, who will I say sent me? And he said, Tell him I am. Now he didn't notice he didn't tell him I will be or I was. But God told Moses all the way back then, Tell him I am. Well, that's a present tense. God said, He said, I am, you know, right now, that tell him that's who it is. I, I am, you know. And, and then, still today, if we were to ask God, God, who are you? Or what, you know, who would I tell people? What can I tell people? He would still say, I am today. He said it back then. He could say it today. When we're in eternity with Him, in eternity, you know, when, when, when we're thousands of years away from this date and, and we're living in eternity with Him, you know, if we asked Him who He is, He would still say, I am. Why? Because wherever God is, that, that's now. To God, wherever He is, is now. <laughs> you know, so so with Him, and that's the reason we talked about time. How the in the natural, there's a beginning point and an end point. There's a birth date and, an, and a death, a date that you die, and and between those two points. You know that's your natural life. But with God, there is no there is no points in God. It was the it was the description I used about a piece of a piece of rope having a beginning and an ending versus like my wedding ring which has no beginning or no ending. It's a complete circle, right? And and that's the way God is. God is he, he is in what we call eternity. You know, for so much we we've, we've put eternity off to the past, off to the future. But really, to be honest with you, we we as we are in Christ, we are living in eternity right now. Because because we will never our spirit man. If you are born again and you you have a recreated spirit on the inside of you, your spirit man will never die. It, we are living in eternity. We're living with God right now. Now, that, that, that doesn't mean that it's going to be the same as it always is right now. But what that means, our spirit man, depending on whether, whether Jesus tarries his coming, which, which I personally don't believe that he'll tarry it very much longer, but if he tarries his coming and, we, and, we, and these natural bodies die, then that doesn't mean that we, that we cease to exist. That means that our spirit beings will be with him. If Jesus comes back and, and the rapture and he raptures his church and, and you know the the we start seeing the the, the uh, revelation unfold even more and more from what the word tells us, then we'll we'll still be with him in eternity for a thousand years. The millennial reign we'll be reigning with him in eternity after the millennial reign for eternity we'll be with him. Eternity is wherever God is, and God is now. Does that make sense? I mean. You know, and we have to start thinking this way because here's what I want you to see and and you know we we talked about a couple things um last week that i that I just want to hit on, and then I've got one scripture I want to read to you and then and and that's all we're going to be able to add today and we'll we'll hit on this some more but everything now listen to this statement I said this last week, everything to which you conform will become your reality. everything which you conform to, in other words, Everything that you accept will become your reality. Listen to this. This the last two weeks, and I, I won't give any names or anything. But the last two weeks, we had three different situations with with, um, and they were all they were all dealing with ladies. But but I mean that does that you know uh, it doesn't matter. It could have been a man as well. But three different situations where where um, you know we got a phone call or an email or a text or something that said, "Pastor, will you be praying with us?" Because you know the doctors have found something, and they're saying this or this, and they want us to come back for more tests, and and you know, and, and probably every every lady that that you know has annual exams and stuff. Any time that a doctor calls and tells you we we need you back for more tests, is and not only ladies but guys too. But automatically your mind goes to the worst the worst case. Oh no, I've this or that, or you know well all three of these all three of these situations you know we prayed with them and we encouraged them and told them keep your eyes on the lord keep you know and just you know and and, and encouraged them and, and just um you know and I, and i believe all three of them grabbed hold of that and you know what all three of those situations came back to where it was nothing amen amen, amen. i mean there was nothing nothing serious to be worried about you know i mean it wasn't cancer it wasn't you know it wasn't something that that would be totally, you know, devastating to somebody. And you might say, Well, Pastor, that's just a coincidence. Well, you can call it what you want to, but what I say is this I say that's God. Amen. That when you grab hold of the word, now listen, see, because here's the thing about faith. Here's the thing, and we've we've talked about this, that you have faith in something. And you can either when when you you know, because when you get a when you get a phone call and the doctor says, You know, I've got, you know, these tests come back and we need to run more tests or, you know, or or this or that. You know, and if you grab hold of that and say, oh, no, well, I've got this now. And I've got this disease or I've got that disease. And, you know, I know I've got this and and this is the worst case scenario. Well, if you grab hold of that, guess what you just did? You just put faith in a disease. And if you claim it and you go around telling people, well, this is what I have. Well, then guess what you have? You have. You have what you claimed. And I've seen people, I've seen people, and we probably all know people, and we've heard of people that have talked themselves into having a disease. And whether they, whether they had it or not to begin with, they said they had it so long to where they finally end up having it. You know, I mean, you've, you've heard stories about people where their family members have died at a certain age and, and they make the comment, well, well, you know, well, my great-grandma died, my grandma died, my mom died at all this age. I'll probably die at that age, too. Yeah. And you know what happens when it comes right close to that age? We've, we've actually seen that where people have died right, right when they said they would because that's what they've spoke their whole life. Yes, yeah, Stacy's grandmother was that way. You know, and I mean, so we've seen that that there is power in your words, and because what you do, you put you're putting faith into something, and if you're not putting faith in what God's word says, then you're putting faith in in what you know the opposite side of that, whether it's in a doctor or in in you know what you know. We can say it this way: you're either putting God, putting your faith in God, or you're putting it in in the world. And we have to ask ourselves. You know, what am I going to put my faith in? And, you know, and, and, and it's been proven time and time again. We've seen it. There's stories where when you put your faith in the Word of God, the Word of God works. It won't work just because, now listen, it won't work just because the Word says it. Did you hear that? Just because the word says that Jesus died for you and and by his stripes you're healed and and all these scriptures that we quote all the time, just because the word says it doesn 't mean it 's automatically going to work. you have to take hold of it and you have to mix faith with it, and you have to use your faith to obtain those promises now listen i, I was i was um, i 've been reading through the Old Testament this year and um, and I came across you know I was reading the story of when Joshua was, a few weeks back, but I was reading the story of where Joshua, uh, you know, took over after Moses, after Moses passed away, and, and Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land, and, and they had all these giants in the promised land, and, and, you know, God had told them the promised land was theirs, but guess what? All the giants were still there. And I heard the Lord say this, and this was the coolest thing. I heard the Lord say this. He said, he said every promise that, that is in His Word... Has a giant attached, attached to it. And I thought about that for a minute. I said, and I, I thought, every promise has a giant attached to, attached to it. In other words, here's what, he, here, here's what I took from that as I prayed that out and as I started thinking about it. Because every promise that's in the Word of God will require you to run the giants away from it so that you can grab hold of that promise. The old adage that, you know, it's not going to fall off the tree like a, like a ripe cherry. You know, now we do run into some we do run into some promises just because we're just because we're walking the path. I mean that is true, but the promises of God and the things of God they require you and I to mix faith. They require us to do something. As a matter of fact, listen, turn over here, man. I'm going all kinds of different directions. Turn over to Joshua for a second. This is something that the Lord that the Lord showed me about this. And we uh, this turn to Joshua chapter five. You know we've been doing a um, Series on the feasts on Wednesday night, and uh, uh, just some of the some of the things that we've that we've learned about that has really, I mean, just really opened my eyes to a lot of different things. Uh, here, here in uh, Joshua chapter five, um, you know, one, and and the reason I said that is because one of the feasts, the feast, the third feast that that he said, the feast of first fruits. Uh, God told them that they would not. That that He said, when you enter into the promised land, you'll start this feast. In other words, what He told them was that you know don't you won't do this until you get into the promised land. And the reason that was was because all the years that that the children of Israel were in the wilderness um, outside of the promised land, He was feeding them with manna. You know, for forty years they ate manna every single morning. He He gave manna to them every single morning, and it wasn't until Joshua led the children of Israel over the the sea and into the promised land, that manna stopped. And when manna stopped and they started eating the fruit of the land and they started eating the fruit of of their promised land, that's when God said, Okay, now I'm I'm removing the manna, I'm withdrawing the manna, I'm not going to give you everything anymore. Now you have to harvest the crops yourself. And you see, the thing about faith and the thing about the supernatural and the thing about walking with God is this. He expects us to grow up. Yeah. There's a time in our lives when, God, when, when it seems like He just does everything for us. We don't even have to hardly ask, and God just does it. And man, we enjoy those times. We love those times. But there's also times when that, all, all of a sudden it seems like that stops. And we start saying, well, God, how come you aren't doing this anymore? And and if we would hear him and we would listen to him, he would probably be saying, because now you're old enough and now you've, you're mature enough to where you need to start doing some things on your own. You need to start believing me yourself. Now listen to this scripture here in Joshua 5. It says this, and they did eat, in Joshua 5 verse 11, <clears throat> and actually look at verse 10, because this... Uh, this goes with, with what I was talking about earlier. It says, And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at evening of the plains of Jericho. So so it was the Passover. They kept the Passover. Gilgal was in the promised land. They had crossed over. They were in the promised land. They had started taking cities and started taking their inheritance that God had given them. So they crossed over. and Now, now they ate the, their first Passover in, in the promised land and now, notice what he says in verse eleven and twelve, and it says, "And they did eat of the old corn, and they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the self same day." So what he said was this: They had the unleavened cakes that they that they made because of the the first food. The first feast was Passover. Then the day after that started the feast of unleavened bread, where they you know, it was symbolic of them leaving out of Egypt. And it says so it says so they, they had the Passover and they ate of the unleavened bread, but they also ate of the old corn of that land, the first time that they had actually harvested anything, but it was a harvest that they didn't plant. When they got over into the promised land, now they were reaping a harvest that they didn't sow the seed for. So they reached out and grabbed, you know, and, and harvested some old corn that was there in the land, and they ate that as long they ate that as well as eating the, the unleavened bread. But look at verse number twelve. Verse number twelve says this And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. So when they started harvesting, when they started reaching out and using their faith, when they started grabbing the promises of God, God stepped back and said, now I'm not going to just give it to you anymore. It's not going to drop out of the sky anymore. Now you have to use your faith to eat. Amen or O me. (laughs) <laughs> right, I mean, in other words, so in other words, what God was saying was this: now that you've crossed over into your promised land, there you you have to start taking responsibility. You know, you have to start doing some things for yourself. You have to start using your faith. Now, where do we get our faith from? because because then you you know, I hear, well, now you're talking about getting into works. No, I'm not talking about getting into works, I'm talking about using what God's given us. Mark eleven twenty three, 23. Mark eleven twenty two and 23, talking about the fig tree. I mean, we've heard that scripture so many times. But, but how is it translated where it says, where Jesus looked at him and says, have, the, have faith in God, the, you know, in the margins it says what? Have the faith of God. Right? I mean, that's, that's what the literal Greek says. Have the faith of God. So so how can we have the faith of God? Well, we know that the Bible tells us that God gives every man the measure of faith. So He tells us to have His faith, then He gives us His faith, and then He says, now I expect you to use that faith. You understand, and last week we talked about this, it doesn't take any faith for you to sit sit down in that seat that you're sitting in, because you expect, you've lived long enough and you've experienced enough to where you expect a chair, you know, in this church to hold you up. We talked about the car. You go out in your car and there's, there's thousands of things that could go wrong with your car, but almost every one of us will go out there and stick our key in our car and turn it and not even have to use our faith for it to start. Now, there's been times I've had to use my faith for my car to start. Probably all of us have been there. <laughs> You know, but the majority of the time, hopefully the majority of the time, we can stick the key in the car and turn it without having to be speaking in tongues or, you know, or praying and believing that that thing's going to work. You see, that faith, that that type of blind faith takes really takes no faith. But what about when the doctor says you have cancer? Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden we take a step back and say, oh, I don't know about that. What about when the when, when, the car, when the bank calls and says, hey, we're going to come repo your car, because you hadn't been paying your, your car payment, and your bank account is in the red instead of in the black. Well, then now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden we're saying, God, where are you? Right? But here, listen, I, but here's the thing you need to know. With God, nothing is impossible. Amen. If you remember, I, I mean, when, when the angel showed up to Abraham, and he was Abram at the time, and told them that, you're, that Sarah's going to be, you know, he said, I want to visit you again this time next year, and he said, Sarah will have a child. And what did, what did Sarah do? She overheard the conversation, and she laughed. Why did she laugh? Her comment, she laughed, and she says, she says, doesn't he know that I'm old and my master's old, and I'm past the, the age of doing that, and he is too, and, and how, how are we going to have a kid? And the angel, the angel asked Abram, said, Why did you know and asked her actually, went to her and said, Why did you laugh? And she's like, oh, Well, I didn't laugh. You know, she was trying to cover up. And he said, Oh yeah, you did laugh. But then he asked this question. And it's a question that every one of us that, that we need to ask ourselves all the time. Here's the question the angel asked Sarah that day. He said, Is anything too hard for the Lord? The next time you get a bad report, the next time you get, you know, something that, that, that worries you or something that you get in fear about, you need to stop yourself, look in the mirror, and say, Is anything too hard for God? Amen. And if your answer to that, hopefully your answer to that, you've been taught well enough, hopefully your answer to that would be say, no, nothing's too hard for God. Yeah. And and then right with that answer, he he would be saying this. You're right. All you have to do is believe. Jesus, when Jesus was there with Jairus, I mean, see, all of these stories connect. Jesus was, was with Jairus, and and, and and they're walking to Jairus's house, and the woman with the issue of blood, the woman with the issue of blood, interrupts the procession there, you know, and and Jesus is dealing with her, and while he's dealing with her and healing her, all of a sudden Jairus sees some people coming from his house. And and they come up to him and whisper in his ear, Don't bother the master anymore. It's too late. Your daughter's dead. Well, Jesus is right there. He was on his way to Jairus' house. Jairus' faith was in the fact he said, If you'll come to my house and lay hands on my daughter, she'll be healed. But now the report comes back and says, It's too late. What did Jesus do? I love the Amplified Version in Mark chapter 5. The Amplified Version said this Jesus, overhearing what they said, but ignoring it, looked at Jairus and said, Jairus, only believe. Well, I mean, you know, but he already had the report that, that she was dead. But Jesus looked at him and said, If you will believe, all things are possible. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No, and you you need to hear Jesus look look at you and whisper in your ear, hey, only believe me. I don't care what the doctors say. I don't care what it looks like. If you will believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Well, yeah, but. What about time? What about you know that you know by the time we get there it'll be six hours and she'll be dead for all that time. Well, guess what? With God, see this is the this is why we need to retrain our mind and why we need to why we need to renew our mind. With God, time is no issue. God is outside of time. Okay. And with him is no issue. Jesus walked, he said, said, Jairus, just believe, just believe, don't listen to him, come on, let's go. And he walks to Jairus' house, he gets there, Jesus looks at him and says, and they're all mourning, they've already set up mourners outside the house, and they're all having a mourning party, you know, for for this little lady, for this little daughter of Jairus' because she's dead. And Jesus just said, she's not dead, she's only sleeping. And they started mocking Jesus and laughing at him. And Jesus told him, he said, everybody get out of the room. And he takes Jairus and he takes a couple of his disciples and he goes in and guess what? He touches her and guess what happens? She rises up and he comes back out with her and now she's alive. Well, guess who stopped mocking? Right? Because see, with Jesus, there's no time. Listen, turn... Oh, man. Go home home and read this story. I'll just tell you this story. (laughs) Uh, 2 Kings, just write this down and go home and read this story. 2 Kings chapter 7. We're talking about, listen, we're talking about with faith and with faith in the supernatural when, when things... When you have faith in the supernatural and when you, when you believe God and when you, when you truly believe that question, is anything too hard for God? And when you, when you can stand up and say, no, nothing is too hard for God, then it doesn't matter about money, it doesn't matter about time, it doesn't matter about what people say, what people don't say. It's simply, if you will believe, all things are possible to him that believes. <laughs> The story in 2 Kings chapter 7, the, 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 the city's surrounded by the enemy and they're, they're, they've been surrounded for a long time and famine is in the city. They're basically starving the people of the city to death. They're not letting any food or water come in the city. They're surrounded. And there's no way to get food. It got so bad that they started boiling babies. I mean, you know, just trying to survive. I mean, they, I mean, they got to where they were eating each other. So, so one day... Uh, the prophet Elisha is in is in the city or comes to the city, and they let him in. and Elisha goes in, and he said this. He he said he stands up and he says, "This time tomorrow, a shekel of wheat and a shekel of corn will be will be just pennies." Well, they've been in a famine for for however long. The the army surrounded them, and in the natural, people could look at them and say, "You're stupid." There's no way. You know we're surrounded by an army. We've been in famine all this time. We're eat, eating our babies to stay alive. And you're saying that that food is going to be so, you know, prevalent that it's going to be pennies. That'd be the same thing as somebody standing up today saying, you know, Big Macs for a penny tomorrow. You know, when inflation they're they're twenty five dollars a piece or something like that. I mean, you know, is that radical of a statement? And one of the king's advisors looks at Elisha and he says this. He said, he said, there's no way that'll happen. He said, I, he said, I'll be dead before that happens. Well, guess what happened? The Bible says, that, and that's in, that's in chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6. In 2 Kings chapter 7, there's, there's a, a colony of lepers right outside of the city, and they're starving too because they get their food from the city. They just can't be in the city. And they're sitting here, and all of a sudden one of them just pops up and says, hey, let's go into the camp of the enemy. Because <laughs> they said they said, if they kill us, we're we're dead. But if we don't get food, we're dead. So what does it matter? It'll be quicker. You know? So so they jump up that morning at twilight, the Bible says. At twilight they get up and start walking toward the enemy's camp. Well, God thank God for God, right? God causes the sound of their feet to be like the sound of a huge army and the bible says that the entire army that surrounded the nation take off running in fear they don't jump on their horses they don't get their armor they don't get their food they just i mean they go out in their in whatever they slept in that night and they just take off running the lepers get to the get to the to the entrance of the camp there where the army was and everybody's gone they start looking around and they go in the first tent and the Bible says they took gold and silver and food and went and hid it. They come back looking to see and everybody's gone. They go in the next tent. They get food, silver and gold. They go and hide it. They come back and everybody's gone. And they're like, they're like this is crazy. So they said, we, we, can't, we can't possibly eat all this food and, and have all this money and all this gold. They said, we need to go tell the people in the city. So they go up to the city and tell them, they said, hey, the enemy's gone and they left all their stuff. You know, and, and through, the, through the story, basically what happened, they send scouts out because they, because they think, oh, well, they're tricking us. But they send scouts out and sure enough, the army's gone. Well, they open the door. The word gets out that, the, that, you know, there's food outside the camp. They open the door and everybody stampedes out of the city to run out to the camp. Well, guess what happened to the guy who said there was no way that it could happen? He got trampled to death. He died before he saw it. But you know what happened? They got so much stuff in that so plenty is the very next day, just like the prophet said that that they had so much provision that that shekel, you know, uh, for corn and wheat was just like one shekel, just like the prophet had said. And it happened in what one day? What should have took years for a city to 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 to. Uh, You know, to rebound like that, it happened in one day. God can take something that should take years, and it can take one day. It can take one moment. It can take one second. But what's the key? Faith. How do we access the supernatural? Faith. The words of Jesus, only believe. You say, Pastor, you don't understand my situation. My question to you is just simply this this morning, as we get ready to close here. My, my, answer, my question to you is this morning is simply this. Is your situation too hard for God? I, 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 I would hate to see somebody that said, yes, it was too hard. Because there's never a situation that's too hard for God. Listen, I, let me just share this. If you need... If you need finances, Jesus, I mean, Jesus found money in a fish's mouth. Amen. He, he can make, you know, th- there was a woman in the Old Testament that had a, had a debt to pay off. And the prophet said, go borrow a bunch, of, a bunch of vessels. And she had enough, she had enough oil in a vase to, to cook like one more, one more thing of bread and she was going to die. You know, when the prophet came and said, cook me a little one first. And, and the Bible says that that, that that situation in that time, that, that they ate off of that, that, little, that little bit of uh, wheat that she had and that oil. They ate for like a long time during that famine. And it never ran out. The other one, the woman had the debt. The prophet said, go borrow all these vessels. And she, they, she went and borrowed all the vessels. And he said, now just keep pouring until every vessel you have is full. And she poured and, poured and poured and poured and poured and poured and poured until she had no more vessels. She sold all of it, and, and it was enough to pay her debt off and live the rest of her life wealthy. Amen. Money is no issue with God. If you, listen, if you, if, you have, if you have something in your body that's not functioning, an eyeball or a hip or an elbow or a, you know, a whatever, a kidney, a lung, a heart, that's not functioning right, listen... God's got, God's got warehouses full of those things up there. Just waiting for somebody to reach up and say, Hey, I'll take mine right now, thank you. Amen. Is it too hard for God to, to make an eye that, that can't see to see? To make a heart that's not beating right to start beating right? To heal a broken bone or, a, or, you know, or something that's out of joint? Is it too hard for God only believe. Well, Pastor, I believe one day. No. He didn't say what he didn't tell J. Iris. He didn't tell J Iris, well, you better hope and pray the next week. I'll come back by this way and we'll see. Right. He said, No, I, I'm going to your house. Let's go. When when is faith? Now. now. When do you have to believe? Now. If you put it off to the future, if you say, Well, one day I'll get mine. Well, then one day good luck <laughs> you know i mean you're 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 operating in the natural we've got to change our thinking and start looking at it the way god looks at it which is now i am faith is now you know and and we've got to see cuz what we've done is this and and the problem is that that <laughs> We have, we have put off to the future everything that God has already done for us now. See, in the spirit realm and in, in the realm of God and where God is right now, everything's complete. When Jesus finished the work on the cross, the Bible says He sat down at the right hand of the Father. The only time, listen, in, in the Old Testament, in the temple and in the tabernacles, there was never a seat for the high priest to sit down at. You want to know why? Because <laughs> the job was never finished. Yeah. There was always something else to do. When Jesus offered His blood, that sacrifice, that, and the Bible says God accepted it once and for all, Jesus sat down. Why? Because it was finished. Everything that you and I would ever need, was taken care of. And Jesus says, I've completed the work. There's nothing else to do. So in the spirit realm, it's complete. In the spirit realm, everything is finished. How do we get it? We access the supernatural. We access the spirit realm by faith. Hebrews 11 says this. It says, the world was framed by... It says, by faith we know the world was framed by the Word of God. You understand, you have, to, you have to believe that by faith. You weren't there when it happened. You, we don't know exactly <clears throat> exactly everything that happened, but it says by faith we know that. And just like that, by faith, you have to believe right now that it's finished. Amen. Right now that it's yours. Right now. Amen. And until you get to that place where you can say it's mine now, then, then you'll be waiting for it to happen. But faith says no. It's mine right now, and I receive it. So don't let don't let time, don't let uh, circumstance, don't let how big or how small it is, whatever the situation that you're that you're up against today. Know that. Ask yourself this question. Just just simply this. Ask yourself this question: Is anything too hard for God? And the answer will be no. And then the next thing. Everybody would say, well, then how do I get it? Well, just like Jesus said, only believe. You get it by faith. You grab hold of it with the hand of faith and say, I'm not letting go of it. It's mine. I have it right now. And see, and I understand. People say, well, pastor, but I've tried that and that didn't work for me. Well, that was your problem. You tried it. If you're trying something, you're not really in faith of it for it. You know, I didn't see, you know, going back to natural faith, I didn't see any of you come up to these seats, you know, pushing on it and and trying to sit down a little bit at a time to make sure it don't fall apart on you. You just sat down. Here's my word to you today. Whatever you need, just receive it. By faith, right now. It's mine. I got it. And don't try to make it happen. Don't try to see if it's working. I tell that story all the time with my buddy in Rama. Uh, I ushered with him, and he hurt his shoulder, and and you know he went down for prayer that time. And I thought, man, you know, because there was a strong anointing; people were getting healed, and I mean, it was an awesome service. And I saw him go down to, for prayer, and I thought, I thought, man, he's going to receive his healing, man. That shoulder is going to be well. And he was facing surgery, and, and you know, and I knew he didn't want to have surgery, and 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 he went down and got prayed for, man. And the power of God hit him, and and, and, you know, he got up and, and I was keeping an eye on him because, because he's a good friend of mine. And, and as he was walking down the aisle, he did this. You know, he's walking down the aisle and he got up. Man, you could just see he was, you know, he had been touched by the Lord. But he's walking down the aisle and he did this. He said, you know, he, he was checking his shoulder. And when he did it, he, you know, I, you could see it in his face. He's just like, oh, you know, and he put his head down and shook his head and went back to his seat. Well, guess what? He had to have surgery. Because because he, he checked in the natural. Now we tell you all the time, check yourself. And but but the thing is, even if you check yourself and you don't see the results right there, you don't say, Oh well, I wish God didn't do it then. I wish, you know, maybe next time. You know, you have to just keep the faith. Yeah. And listen, all of us have had things that we could look back on and say, Man, I wish I'd done this, I wish I'd done that and, and stayed more in faith. I mean, we you know, you can't base you can't base your theology off of just your experiences themselves. You know, even, even if I believe God for healing and I didn't get it, that doesn't change my, my beliefs that God heals every time. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So today, ask yourself, is anything too hard for God? And then when, you're, when you answer no to yourself, you've got to talk to yourself sometimes. <laughs> answer no... And then say, I've just got to believe. Yeah. Amen. It's my faith. The faith that God gave me. The faith that He gave me. It's His faith. I can use His faith to receive what every promise that He has for me. And sometimes you've got to run the giants off. Yeah. The giant's talking. Oh, you're not going to get it this time. Oh, nobody, nobody gets healed like that. Nope, it's never that easy. By faith, you've got to say, no. I'm, You know, Jesus said it. It's in His Word. I've got that promise. And by faith, I, it's mine right now. That's right. I, I could care less what my body's saying. I could care less what the doctor says. I could care less what everybody else says. It's mine right now. Amen. 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 <clears throat> All right. We'll hit some more next week with that. Let me pray for you. Let me, let me ask this question just with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there's no better day than today than to, to turn your life over to Him. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, would you just slip your hand up and would you say, Pastor, I, I want to know, know more about Jesus. I want to I invite Him to be my Savior and my Lord, anybody at all. I always like to give you that opportunity. Anybody at all. Let's stand to our feet. If you need prayer, if you would like prayer... For maybe maybe you say, well, Pastor, I'm a Christian, but but I haven't been living my life like like I know I should, and, and I need to change some things. Or you may say, Pastor, I just I want you and Miss Stacy to agree with me in prayer, and you know, and man, we'll we'll mix our faith with yours, and we'll we'll believe with you and pray with you. We'd love to do that. But if you need prayer for anything, I just want to invite you to come down and uh, Stacy and I'd love to be able to pray with you. And just here in the next moment, I'll give you just a moment. If anybody would like prayer, we'll invite you to come down. God is so good. He loves us so much. You know, His plan for us is awesome. And, and no matter what you're facing today, no matter what you're, what you're going through today, I want, you, I want, those, two, I want those, those two things. I want you to remember those two things that we talked about today. Go home, and, and, and when you're praying and when you're believing for those situations that you're in right now, I want you to ask yourself. Keep asking. Write it on your mirror. Write it on a card. Put it in front of you. Or do something to where you see it. And ask yourself, is anything too hard for God? And then then maybe right underneath it, just write the words, only believe. Because that's your answer. That's the question you need to be asking, and that's the answer you need to be saying. Is anything too hard for God? No, if I only believe. Only believe. Father, I just pray right now for each person here. I thank you, Father, that you've given us your faith. Father, the Bible says that, that, that we should have the God kind of faith. And if you said we should have it, then we can have it. You said, Lord, you've given us the measure of faith. So, Lord, we, everybody here has the faith of God. Father, we just need to, to start using it and start strengthening it. So, Father, my prayer this morning is, is, as we go from this place today, Lord, my prayer is that every single person here would ask themselves the question that the angel asked, asked Sarah that day, is anything too hard for the Lord? And then, Father, may our answer in faith be, no, I only have to believe. And, Father, as we believe, we receive, Father, right now, whatever it is that we're, that we're believing for. So right now, Lord, we we say we believe and we receive that by faith. Father, healing, deliverance, uh, deliverance from addictions, Father, deliverance from disease and sickness, deliverance, Father, from, from tormenting spirits. Father, whatever it is that we need freedom from, freedom from poverty, Father, we receive everything we need by faith right now. Father, because nothing is too hard for you. And we thank you for that. So we bless you and we honor you today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I hope you, hope you guys have a great week. Be blessed. We've got prayer tonight at 6 if you want to join us tonight. And uh, we'll see everybody later on this week. God bless you guys.